Hey, my name is Rick at the Remedy Host today on Archery Talk 101. Now, what we're going to talk about today is a little history of archery. Uh, that's something that uh, is kind of interesting. How you know how long has archery been around? And I've been able to trace back uh, the oldest known traces of archery was discovered in South Africa, dating back 64,000 years ago. That that's amazing that that long ago they have had archery. Uh, and then archaeologists digging in a Sri Lanka cave found what appeared to be a 48,000 year old arrowhead crafted from animal bone. You know, until that time when those were found, previously the earliest evidence of bow hunting was in Southeast Asia dating back 32,000 years. You know, that it just keeps uh, going on and on. Uh, the Egyptian and the neighboring Nubian uh, cultures used bows in the late Paleolithic period, around 10,000 BC. And in, in China, archery dates back to the Shang Dynasty in 1660 or 1766 to 1027 BC. Uh, so we're saying it's, there's a lot of, lot of history in here just in the sport of archery. Uh, during that time, a war chariot carried a three-man team, a driver, a lancer, and an archer. That's kind of interesting how they teamed them up like that and nice little team sport there. <laughs> uh, during the, the Chu dynasty from 1027 to 256 BC, the nobles at the courts attended sports archery tournaments where there's music and salutations. Uh, you know, that was kind of more of a, a tournament type instead of uh, war uh, weapons at the time. So uh, now, when the Chinese introduced archery to Japan in the sixth century, it had an overriding influence on later etiquette and techniques. Uh, one of Japan's martial arts was originally known as Kuijitsu, the art of the bow. Uh, now it's known as, uh, let's see, Koyendo. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's the way of the bow. Uh, the modern version uh, of the bow, the archer used a series of steps before moving to the firing line. They go through a certain process to get mentally and physically prepared to shoot, and then they step up to the, the firing line, and then they would draw the bow and go through the process. It's the same thing. They do the same thing over and over and over, so it was just kind of a instinctive thing that they would build up, so that everything did the same, and they had no variations. Now, the bows they used at that time they were shot at a distance of 28 meters at a 35 centimeter target. Now that's, that's roughly 30 yards at a 14 inch target. Uh, so kind of equate to what a lot of us understand, uh, you know, we think of meters and yards, uh, you know, some of us over here in the States, we, we don't think in meters uh, as much. So it kind of give you a little rough estimate there. Now the bow they used, they said was 2.21 meters long. That's a long bow. It's, it's about 87 inches. And it was made of laminate strips of bamboo and wood that laminate those together. Uh, now, going during the Greco-Roman period, uh, the bow was used more for hunting and recreation rather than warfare. So now it's starting to move into more of a recreational and hunting weapon instead of for war. Uh, during this time, you could find archers you know, on their pottery. You know, they would depict them when they would make some of their pottery items, they depict archers on it. Uh, just kind of a 
thing that we're finding in some of the archaeological digs that that was on their pottery. Uh, and the Parthians were horsemen that developed the skill while they're riding the horse at full gallop to be able to rotate in the saddle, turn around, and shoot from behind them. That just seems like it'd be an awful lot of work, have a lot of practicing to be on a galloping horse, turn around, and shoot behind you. It, it's hard enough sometimes to just to shoot straight without moving. Uh, so that, that's, I thought that was interesting when I read about that. Uh, the Middle Eastern superiority in archery equipment and technique continued for centuries. You know, they, they, they had that superior archery equipment and, and techniques and that carried, you know, that carried on for a long time. Now, until the Han, his, his Mongols conquered much of Europe and Asia until they faced the Asian and Turkish bows. Um, they were highly effective and the record shot with a composite Turkish bow was close to 900 yards. Now think about that, 900 yards with a bow. Not how effective you'd be at hitting a specific target, but you know, at times when you have lots of arrows coming, you don't have to be accurate. Just that number is gonna be you know, quite a, a sight to see. Now, those bows, the Turkish composite bows had much more capability than the English U-bow. Uh, they, they were stronger, they were, they just seemed like they were just a better bow. And, you know, that's just one of those things that, uh, um, you know, you develop better equipment, better shooting, and you're going to have a little superior uh, skills with that. Now, popularity in archery has been reflected in many, many ballads and folklore. You know, everybody knows the story of Robin Hood, where he, he shot an arrow and split another arrow right down in the middle of the shaft. Uh, you know, with wood, that's that can be a challenge, but you know, it's it's folklore. So, did it happen? Did it not happen? You know, getting that Robin Hood, uh, there's many people have done it. I've done it a few times, uh, where I've split an arrow right down the middle of it, uh, either with aluminum. I've done it with aluminum, and I've done it with uh, both carbon arrows. I haven't done it yet with wood because I don't shoot a lot of wood arrows anymore. I've kind of grown into the uh, aluminum and then the uh, carbon. But I've done it with both of those. It's interesting when they hit in the back of them and they just put that shaft right down there. Now, the, one of the first known competitions in archery was held in Finsbury, England in 1583. And there was 3,000 participants in that. Now that was, you know, that's quite a few participants yeah, in 1583 to have an archery competition. Um, I didn't find out, you know, any information about, you know, what the scores were, what the distances, but that was kind of interesting, I thought, when I come across that information. Now, by the time of the 30-year war, 1618 to 1648, you know, with the introduction of gunpowder, uh, bows as a weapon belonged kind of in the past. Uh, at least that's what, you know, they were thinking at that time, but, you know, there's still evidence here today and within even just the last few years where archery is still used by some of your military for warfare you know i'll get into that here just to, in a little bit a little bit more detail in that but you know in modern days archery is mostly a recreational com competitive sport uh, so you're going to just shoot for the fun of shooting uh, or you're going to compete or you're going to hunt that's kind of modern 
that's what Archer is normally used for these days. It's not really in, used much too much in, in battles because, uh, you know, modern firearms is, is going to be some advantage in there. So let's go ahead and let's take a look now at some of the modern military uses of archery. Uh, you know, the bow and arrow might be the right job, you know, right tool for that job. So depending on what it is, there's certain situations where that could be a big advantage to have that bow and arrow because it is quiet. Uh, you don't have the noise, the bang of a, a firearm going off. So it can be quiet. So uh, I'm going to go over, you know, I found some information. Some of it's about three years old, but, you know, that's still, you know, not that far away. And what I found was in Taiwan, there, uh, the ROC, uh, the mountain company has an archery unit. The unit's tactics are mostly ambush or hit and run. You know, the dense forest in there and the heavy underbrush and mountainous terrain, you know, the archery is, can be a, a real good weapon. Like you can basically, you know, shoot and run and you don't know where it's coming from. Uh, China uses crossbows for several operations, uh, usually in border and civilian suppression. Uh, you know, because it is it's quiet, it's 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 a, a nice alternative to firearms at time. Now in Vietnam, uh, during the Vietnam War, a group of uh, uh, Vietnamese soldiers, nationals, were in a group. They fought with the U.S. military, and they used crossbows against the Viet Cong. Now it was rumored that the Green Berets found these effective ambush and hit and run techniques. Um, you know, effective, but, you know, I haven't really found any evidence yet that they actually used them, the Green Bays used them, but the, the Vietnamese uh, nationals, they, they use them because it is a quiet, effective weapon, you know, especially at close range and jungle areas. You know, another modern uh, usage, uh, so your military groups have uh, removed the bow as an assassination weapon, like we talked about just briefly earlier, you know, rifles are just better due to the range. You know, you're not going to take uh, a bow, which is quieter, but you have a much shorter range. Are you going to be effective out to um, 100 yards? Are you going to be effective, you know, 40 yards? You know, how many of us can actually shoot accurately at 40 uh, or 50 and keep them into, you know, like a six-inch group at those longer ranges? It takes a lot of practice. Now, when you're using... You know, your, your snipers, they're going to be long range. They're going to be hundreds of yards away. And by the time you hear the sound, the, the shot has already impacted the point. You know, you've already hit your target. Now, here's another situation that uh, archery might be uh, well used. It's like in civil unrest, you know, in a urban area where you don't want to blow up the city. Uh, you don't want to send in you know, missiles and stuff like that, because, you know, it destroys you know, pretty much anything and you're, you're indiscriminate at what you're going to shoot at. So when a city is extremely hostile, you know, a single building could be a potential hiding spot, you know, explosives, et cetera, you know, where, where you're going in, you know, without the boom of the guns and archer on the rooftop can hit a target without making it obvious which building he's on. Uh, you know, when you, when you hear a sound, you could know where it's coming from. But that archer, you're not going to know until the arrow hits somewhere. And then you don't always know which direction it came from. You know, he can really easily release that arrow and run away, 
you know, before an arrow makes its impact, you know, you can shoot and, and move before they really know. You know, not relying on gunpowder makes them especially dangerous, you know, as he can either recover or manufacture his own arrows with relative ease. You know, one of the things I remember in the show, uh, Red Dawn, uh, where it, just, I mean, if you haven't watched it, you know, it's kind of an interesting show. I, I watched the original one. They have another one, but the original one, I think, is, is a really good one where forces a paratroop in and these high school kids, they run off and they had a bow. One of the things they took was a bow as well as other things. Nice thing about the bow is it's able to shoot at the enemy and they didn't know which way it was coming from and then run and hide. Now, back in uh, 1961, the 19th Special Forces Group based out of Draper, Utah, they had a demonstration where they videoed uh, the effectiveness effectiveness of a bow and arrow versus some firearms. Now, what they had done was they had took a box and filled it full of dirt. They had two cardboard dividers, so dividing the box up into uh, three di different sections. And it was probably, you know, six, eight inch wide box. You know, it wasn't really very thick. And they shot at it with a 45 caliber, 1911A1, 45 caliber. And they shot at it with a 30 car M1 carbine and a 30 caliber M1 rifle, which is basically the 30 out six. And you think, you know, that's a pretty powerful rifle. Uh, and then they shot at it with a recurve with a two blade broadhead. Now, here's the results all three penetrated the, the box, which would, you'd expect that. All three penetrated that first layer of the divider. So that'd be the first third of the, the, the target. Now, the 30 carbine put a dent in the second cardboard inside of there. And the M1 rifle, which is the 30-06, it went all the way through both sections, but did not come out the back of the box. Now, remember, this is filled with dirt. You know, it's not really that thick. Now, they shot at the box with a bow. And that bow not only penetrated all three sections, it come out the back by several inches. You know, they, they didn't really show how far it come out, but it looked like it come out, you know, probably, uh, you know, maybe two hand widths, but, you know, maybe eight, 10 inches, maybe, uh, maybe six inches. It's, it's enough that if you was leaning up a, a dirt bunker like that, that broadhead would come through and it would be enough to do some damage to whatever's on the other side. So, you know, you don't, you don't think about how much that bow can penetrate. One of the things that uh, you look at, like these bulletproof vests, if they don't have that steel trauma plate in there, if it's just the, the Kevlar, it will stop bullets. It will not stop an arrow. You know, with that broadhead on there, it will penetrate because it cuts. You got to think about on, on those Kevlar vests, what is that? It's a fabric. They have to cut it. So they cut it with scissors and they sew it where it, it'll stop a bullet because of the way it works, where cutting through it, broadheads go right through it. So they don't protect you, you know, bulletproof vest won't protect you against uh, a, an arrow. So that's something to think about too. You know, if you do have somebody, you have somebody with a bow, they will penetrate those stuffs. Uh, I know I, I had a, an arrow one time, I missed the target and it went, it stuck the arrow clear up to the fletching and it was through a steel commercial door 
It penetrated clear up there. And that was at 20 yards with a field tip at 70 pounds. And it penetrated that steel door. And that's a commercial door, not, you know, the commercial ones that are, you know, that they're nice and thick. It's not the residential ones that are fairly thin. And now there are some archers that, you know, really inspiring, the, the inspirational uh, to other archers. And I'm going to give you an example of a guy that uh, was born in 1982. His name is Matthew Stutzman. He was born with no arms and he competed in the 2012 and 2016 Paralympics and won silver in 2012. But remember, he's drawn with his legs. He has no arms. And then he has the, the release is by his jaw and then he can just move his jaw and fire it. You know, so that was uh, you know, quite interesting uh, uh, to watch that. I, I watched the, the replay of that, uh, my YouTube video I watched and that was quite interesting. And the guy he was shooting against only had one arm. Now, I was at a competition here locally and I seen two different guys walking around with a bow. One had the right arm missing and the other one had the left arm missing clear at the shoulder. So they only had one arm. They didn't have a, a stub or nothing and they were shooting. And what they would do is there's a little uh, chew tab or bite tab. They'd bite on that and then use the other arm to pull it out. You're ready, they just release the jaw to shoot. Uh, I didn't ever see how they shot and how well they performed because I, I was uh, doing other things. I was helping put on the tournament. So I wasn't able to go through and actually watch and shoot and see how they did. But that was uh, quite interesting. So just in a, a little, little quick summary. The oldest known archery is 64,000 years ago and it was South Africa and can still be found and it's still found in modern warfare. You know, up to you know a few years ago, there are still armies that are using uh, crossbows and and longbows. The archer today is mostly used for hunting, competition, recreation. You know, it's not normally used in in warfare. Uh, it's the, the problem with that is you have it's a little bit harder to carry a lot of ammo with you. You know, and it takes longer to shoot. So you know, sometimes it's not really that. But archery is so much fun. And just doing for recreation is really, really nice to do. Uh, it's a lot of fun. One of the things you got to do is remember when you're shooting a bow, you have to be relaxed. So it, a, lot, a lot of us use it for stress relief as we go out, we shoot, we have to completely relax. The only we're thinking about or concentrating on the target, everything else goes away. So it's a nice relaxing sport uh, for those of you that are, that are doing it. And if you're listening to this podcast and uh, uh, you're not much of an archer, you know, get with one, find somebody that will give you a, a chance to do some shooting just to see, you know, it might be for you. And those of us that are archers, we kind of already know that. <laughs> so, and we're always glad to help people. And, you know, archery can be started at any age. Uh, there's, there's no upper limit or lower limit. Uh, the lower limit would be, are they able to hold a bow and actually draw it back? You know, there's there's kids three and five years old are shooting. I know all my kids started when they was, um, they'd all been shooting by the time they was five. Uh, so that's that's a lifelong sport. And I know archers that have been shooting uh, for 70 years. 
I've got in the Archer Talk 101 a Facebook group. We have one guy that's been shooting for 70 years. Um, I haven't quite been shooting that long. I've been shooting for uh, probably 55 years anyway. Uh, so it's it ta- it's a sport that you can last. Uh, you may have to change, you know, as you're growing up, you, you might get stronger and stronger bows. And then you get a little older, we might, you know, take the poundage down. So it's not quite so hard to pull back. Uh, but that's just all something that uh, we can do. And it, there's just there, there's just no reason to not keep shooting. So what places you can get some information, you know, like I mentioned, the Arch Talk 101 Facebook group, I'll leave a link to there. Uh, there we have a lot of archers to help you out. If you're struggling with anything in archery, get in that group because we have instructors and bow techs in there. They've been doing this for uh, a couple decades. Uh, so we have a lot of information in there. In fact, if you want to take a video yourself and upload it to the group, uh, we'd be glad to take a look at it and give you some pointers. Uh, the other place you can go out and get some information is archertalk101.com. That website, there will be a lot of the information on shooting form techniques, as well as uh, any reviews of products that we happen to do. There'll be links in there where you can buy the products, uh, as well as uh, reviews, get information there. Uh, that's a good resource to go there. And of course, the podcast is always a good place to go there. Uh, one of the things that uh, we do have available for those that are interested in taking their archery skills to the next level is we have coaching available. Uh, we do an online coaching program uh, where you'll videotape yourself, uh, upload it to uh, the instructor, and the instructor review it, make comment on it. And then uh, weekly, you'll get in uh, a Zoom call with the instructor, and we can go over uh you know, whatever problems you might be having kind of help you through the troubles, you know, that's a good program too. And, and you can always uh, um, get some good help on that, that you can, you can find the information and go out to the Archer Talk 101 Facebook group or the archertalk101.com. Uh, there'll be links in there where you can find out information on coaching and see if you can take your archer skills to the next level. So once again, my name is Ray Canterbury and I've been your host today on Archer Talk 101. And we'll see you next week for the next one.